Welcome to Voices Rising Podcast. I'm Shelley. And I'm Sarah. We are two book lovers, writers, and publishers coming to you from the mountains of Colorado. Every week we bring you new topics about life, books, writing, publishing, and much more. Let us know what topics you're interested in hearing more about. We are here to connect with you and support you. Are yet again a brand new episode. Yes, a brand new week. Yeah, it is. Well, it's actually the end of a week. But I know where are we? What's happening? What day are we on? We We're, record on Fridays, the Wednesdays, next Wednesdays, which is podcast, good. So. I like that. It gives us some days to get it edited and all the things. Yeah, it does take some time to really do all dig of in the things. And, yeah. How have you well, been doing, lady? I've lady? been good. I've been doing this. Um, recording or video editing project for days now and oh because like you're holy shit balls yeah dude. for online what are you doing like video editing school or something yeah and this this class is really kicking my butt and I'm a fast learner like I can read something and grasp it you know and yeah this is like trying to learn a foreign language while you're also trying to learn how to do something in that foreign language at the exact same time I'm like whole and I I don't know maybe it's just my technical like repelling of technical things yeah but but you are so good at technology you You think yes you say these things but I do not I okay way harder (laughs) I go through I read the textbook and it's like wait what it's like put the ding dong on the flippy floppy (laughs) turn up the ling long low and legal buckle and you're like what? what the fuck is I can't understand all the yes. words, and then so I have to go back and read all the definitions again, and go back to previous chapters, and it's just literally like a foreign language to me. Yeah, I have never done anything with video editing. I don't know anything. I'm just a newbie. You're stretching your but I am. your muscles. I'm making my brain grow. I love that. But yeah, so I've been doing that. I feel like um, way too much these last few days. My brain hurts. That's good. I love that. I have a, so I record my weekly yoga bliss classes. Yes. And I just have like a little app. Well, I just have an app and it's very basic. And I actually have two apps because, okay, every other time, one of them will be like, failing, upload, failing, this bing bong, same thing, like is too big. And I'm like, I don't know what that means. The (laughs) the frames per second. I'm like... Okay, well, it's all the same. I record from my device, and I have to, like, edit and do these. So, But I have a system, and I can edit my videos in, like, 15 minutes. Bing, 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 and plug yeah. in what I want. I'm like, that's good. It's great. That's good, though. I it's mean, that, you have some sort of idea of how to stitch it all together. I do. I had a good class today I recorded this morning, too, and I did yoga for low back pain. Ooh, like, it was a good I one. Like it. We get back pain sometimes. I will watch that. I think I was telling you I need one of those. Perfect. <laughs> I got inspired from a woman... From our our women's circle, Trista, she was the one who was like, "I have really bad back pain." So it's been on my list of things to do, and I did it. And good job, me. Yeah, and I feel like sometimes when we hold in um, emotions, it shows up at least for me in my low back as pain. Yeah, I'm like holding on and all that, like tense. Totally. Like I really believe our bodies sort of show us. Mm-hmm. how we're doing on like emotional levels and other levels yes like it comes out through our bodies so I agree with that Louise Hay if anyone's out there read Louise Hay she wrote this incredible book you can heal your life and then there's the little blue book which is called you can heal your body and 
her premise is all based on everything that happens in our body is like a manifestation of our thoughts or karma or call it whatever you will. Yes. And so back actually in her book is related to worrying about money. So money mm. or like poverty mindset or whatever it is. And each space of the body, low back, middle back, or upper upper cervical vertebrae, your upper back, like where your neck is, has like a different meaning. And I love her book too because she has like why, like what's the probable cause is what it's called. Like, okay, I'm worrying about money. I'm not trusting the process of life. And then she has like a healing affirmation. Nice. Like, I trust in the process of life. Like, I trust that money will abundantly flow to me, which is so interesting because... Most of us do have that self-limiting belief of money. Like, we do. Like, we were programmed. I was programmed that we never had money. And I grew up on food stamps and welfare and Medicaid and all of the things. So I was always, like, had this scarcity. Like, oh, there's never going to be enough money. And we'll never come back to the things that, like, if I got rid of something, I would never get that thing back. Right? I know. And it's crazy. We've talked before about, like, that scarcity mindset and how... It will just take over. Like yes. If you give it an inch, it will take a mile. <laughs> it will take like seven miles. miles. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and like you, if I grew up in a very poverty mindset household where it was like, there's not enough. There might not be enough. If we have to spend money on this thing, we might not have enough for food. For food. Oh, oh no. And you know, scary. that kind of yeah. like, who oh, no. And I write about it in my book, actually. You which do? I'm, yeah, working on. And... That whole, and then as you grow up, that mindset just, unless you do something to physically get rid of that and learn and change your, the way you think about money and, you know, abundance, mm-hmm. it stays with you and it carries over into how do you pay your bills? How do you get a job? How do you fund your life? Like, right. That kind of, and if you come from a poor family, it's not like someone's going to be there to like, oh, I'll help you. <laughs> right. And it's. Perhaps like a good question to ask would be like, how can we heal from that poverty mindset or like our back pain, like healing, which Sarah had this lovely idea for today's episode to talk about like healing our past pain, yes. which is perfect segue. And into healing, this. yeah, healing in general. I feel like our healing yes. from our past, healing our bodies, it, just as we were saying, it's also related. And healing our minds. Healing our minds, healing every, you know, yes. we all, let's face it our pasts are not perfect. Like you try to find me one person out there who's like, my past was perfect. You'll never find that. And, and if you like, are there, I'll call bullshit liar. on you. <laughs> I call compulsive liar. <laughs> totally. Yes. And so there's something, you know, something wasn't right. And that's just the human experience. Like we didn't get something we needed. We got, we, something happened to us that shouldn't have, you know, something along the way, if not multiple somethings, many times repeatedly over and over, over I think and over have the, damaged us. You I, know? I would say like every person that I know in real life and even like people like mentors and memoirist writers that I yes. love, like we've all had fucked up childhoods and, but those fucked up childhoods and adolescence and teenage years and early adult years made us into these women that we are today. Right. Exactly. And it's like, if we had those fluffy, puffy, sandwich I don't whatever you would call it like childhood sandwich, sandwich. sandwich. <laughs> a fluffy puffy I'm thinking of like a marshmallow I'm sandwich childhood the best sandwich in the this world this is a delicious sandwich I'm like yes but most of us had like rotten sandwiches with bologna on them 
Oh, dude, I fucking oh hated bologna. Oh, but the, the red little, strip. The worst yes. was I hated olives, and sometimes my oh. mom would get the bologna with the little oh, green, green olives, olives, and I'd be like, that's like two of the worst even, makes in the world. Do they even make that still? I don't see it, honestly. I think we all develop better tastes at right? some point. I think my kids ask me, Mom, what is bologna? I'm like, something you will like never have to eat. I will it's never like subject you to bologna. compressed and flattened into sandwich meat. I think it's like beef, pork, and chicken just like processed oh. into a slurry what of shit. What would we say? Lips and assholes? Oh, probably. <laughs> <laughs> That's so gross. Anyways, how do we get off of the Reminding sandwich? me oh. of why I'm a vegetarian. Sandwich life. <laughs> sandwich life. Well, so, you what mean, I'm saying is... Yeah. <laughs> Even if you did have the very nice sandwich, if like, you had the fluffy Nutella the fluffy and marshmallow life, sandwich, there was still damages. Like you are not like you can't say you came out of childhood unscathed. You can't say you got through life to this point and like no trauma ever. Right. So everyone's got something, right? Mm-hmm. And I think the first thing I put on my list of things to like in this, I always have these like thought clouds or whatever, but is at least facing the truth, like acknowledging, noticing that that yes. wound happened, that trauma was there. Like, how many times do we numb out or just straight up deny? All of the time. Right? Constantly like, in today's day and age. Me, myself, I have done it. And I've known people who just, who will straight up tell me stories from their childhood. And I'll be like, wow, that is so fucked up. Like, do you feel like that's fucked up? And they're like, no, it's fine. You're like no, it's I'm not fine. fine. It's like not no, fine. that sounds like you got some like yeah trauma from no, I didn't. Mm. I don't believe in that bullshit. You know, it's like yeah. well, wait, totally. You know, it's not weak to say totally. I got hurt as a child or something happened that really wounded me. Like that's not weak. You know what's funny is my husband had a very fucked up childhood too, and his mom had him when he was really young, and he is just he's moved past it. And I don't even know if he's healed from it. I know that he has, like, deep wounds, but he will not. He does not want to talk about it. Like, he is like, I am fine. I am who I am today because of that. And I just, like, will send him so much healing. I do. Like, occasionally when I can get him, he'll let me do Reiki on him. (laughs) So I'm like, I am going to help you heal your inner child. Because it's like he is one of those people who pushes away. And I love that, your first point, because any, I think before we can start any sort of healing it is just acknowledging and noticing things and it doesn't mean that you have to live stuck in your past and stuck in your no, pain exactly and that in fact is let me look up this quote while I say this I feel like men in particular not all men and definitely some women too but push away that like I'm fine Yes. Nothing. I'm totally. healed. Or I'm, I'm over it. Yeah. Yes. You know. Well, and that would per- be per- make him be perceived as weak if he. Yes. And it's not that I'm not living in my past. I'm. I see it for what it is. And for Acknowledge me. Acknowledge the truth. Yeah. Yes. Well, and you too. Like writing my memoir has been this huge catalyst for healing because I'm able to see it for what it was, and I'm not looking at it like, oh my gosh, poor me, poor little Michelle, you were such a victim. I'm just seeing it and like, oh wow, that was that happened. Yes, exactly. And then there's this Marion Williamson quote. Yeah. We do not heal the past by dwelling there. We heal the past by living fully in the present. So I feel like it's important to acknowledge the traumas that were there, you know, recognize how hurtful that was to you. Yeah. But don't dwell in it, you know. Yes. Write that memoir, but don't sit there and read that those, you know, same five chapters over and over yeah. again. Like well, that's why it. I have... 
I have had this intention to finish my memoir, but I'm not in a space where I like want to go back there because still it yeah. does pull me back. There's some experiences that I can read and I'm like, oh, I'm fine. But some of them I'm like, oh, it's still there. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's real <laughs> Yeah. And it's not that we have to totally deny going back and feeling those things. It's more like doing it when we feel ready to do that. Because mm-hmm. honestly, you have to feel it to heal it. That's the yes. saying or whatever. And I think that's so true. But that's sometimes so true. it is too fucking raw. It is too to the heart or we're not ready. We're not healed enough yet or whatever to go deal with that. But it's like when for that, like what you just said, it's like... we. I almost feel like we just have to because we'll never be ready. I will like never be ready to jump into my past pain. But it's like you just have to start here where you are today. Just wherever you are. Like you Even can, if you're yeah. feeling vulnerable and wounded and sad or if you're feeling like, Psh, I'm good, I'm healed, that's not a thing. It's like, well, it is a thing. It's like, right, the, the metaphor of these trees, right? And these trees, we like hold on to all of these leaves. Yeah. And right? Then- It's like, what can we like let go of? Or what can we just like, if you didn't listen to last week's episode, it was so freaking good. And we had such good conversation on just like how we can almost like leaves that let, or trees that let leaves blow down by our feet, letting them just like decompose and being open, right? To them, just like being there. I see you. Yep, that's painful, but I don't have to hold on to you. It's like, mm-hmm. yeah, letting it go, like seeing it, and then like blowing it off your hand, like yeah. dandelion fluff. Yeah, like, okay, like okay. I've acknowledged you. I haven't pushed you down. Because here's the thing: is things that we push down and repress, they find another way to come out. Yeah, and it might be in through an addiction or an unhealthy habit. It might be through, you know, like um, projections or like passive aggressive or you know just things or things anger, that we're doing yes. that anger coming out and we don't realize that. that anger is coming from like not acknowledging how we were treated in a certain situation or being traumatized or abused or you know we're not really acknowledging that and it never goes away until you actually bring it out into the you can't just repress it yeah I feel like you have to bring it out process it and then like right. you were saying let it go. Low. Right. Because it's like that's that quote, like, or saying, what we resist persists and it just keeps coming back. And I had another quote that just popped in was Eckhart Tolle. Yeah. He talks about, and I don't know if it's the power of now, the power of the now, or a new earth, but he says to heal or to heal from our past pain, like, we have to, like, or no, that's not what he says. He talks about to be fully in the now, we have to allow ourselves to heal from the past. And however that is, like, so to become immersed in the moment or to be present or mindful in your life, like you have to jump over the hurdles or swim through the freaking pain and the suffering, like acknowledge it, accept it, be a part of that pain. And then that's only when we can show up in our lives. It's not by suppressing and pushing it down like oh I'm fine those people that we were talking about are like yeah oh I'm that fine, was I'm fine. fine I'm good oh my mom's awesome like maybe she is but you can love your parents and exactly think they're great but they could have still wounded you and you know what they were probably and most likely doing the best that they could in that moment and right? that's the thing too is like it doesn't mean by saying like maybe not everything was perfect about your childhood. You're not dissing on your parents because no, they're not humans. what we're getting at. Yeah, they're no, humans. It's not the podcast. And topic. they can only <laughs> give to you from the emotional depth that they've healed to and that they're yeah. at. And so if your parents like maybe didn't do all the work or maybe they meant well and just things didn't work out like the way they imagined or that you'd imagine, 
Like it's all part of the human experience. I think we're not supposed to have these perfect childhoods and these perfect lives. Like we're supposed to have some areas we need to work on and grow from and change. And, you know, like that's the human experience, really. Right. There's like a thing we're supposed to be doing, which Mm -mm. I feel like maybe there's not, but that's that gives us a richer life. Totally. I think it'd be boring if we were all completely perfect with completely perfect we paths. We would not be. <laughs> well, I, really, I believe in karma, and I believe that, like, our souls choose specific souls and make contracts, so whether or not, like, that resonates or not. I mean, I can resonate with that for sure, that we've chosen to be in whatever situation, like, from a previous, I don't know, or before we were born, or I don't know. But, and maybe the healing is, I think, from, like, the soul level that our lives are predetermined for the people that we choose, right? So it's like things that I really need healed in this incarnation. I'm with this very specific parent, and I really believe that. And even if that is in the case of sometimes children get, you know, like live like put up for adoption and like her soul came to you for a reason, but then her soul needed to also come to those other people for a reason. Yeah. Right? Like there's so there's so much deeper things out there. Exactly. So facing the truth and then I put down learning how to speak our truth. Mm, A big part of trauma and abuse and just all the yucky stuff is closing down our throat chakra and not speaking about it. Yes. Right? And just sort of and I was reading too about somewhere about um, how if you have like neck and back tension and pain, it could be a sign that you're not, there's things you're not speaking about that you're yeah, holding in. Definitely. And I resonate like for sure with that because I've had, up until recently, I've had really chronic back and neck pain. And it's interesting how like once I wrote my book and started really speaking my truth and writing yes. my truth, like I don't have that same chronic problem I feel that I always have had interesting since since I was a kid is when it started and I remember like being like my neck my neck is so sore and it was like all these again going back to like your body manifesting things it was like all these unspoken you know unasked questions and unspoken truths and everything shoved down yeah well because you were told not to it's like don't question me well Well, it's like fear kept me too from saying things and isn't it funny like think of even like we're moms so think of when our kids are little they're little toddlers like we're like oh say this say this say this and then we're like stop talking you're talking too much (laughs) zip it zip it and then once (laughs) kids get into school they are like be quiet because the teacher's talking and we are silenced and I noticed a lot when my kids were in public school or in their school they would get freaking strep throat all of the time and strep throat is a manifestation Mm. of not being able to speak your truth right and kids I don't my kids got I don't know if yours did or do but my kids got it constantly it was like we constantly had strep throat or some sort of sore throat thing and like okay like I would ask deeper, like, okay, why are you feeling like you can't speak right now? Or what is it? Is it at school? Am I the one doing it? And sometimes it is me. And I'm like, oh, shit. I don't want to be the one, like, shutting down your throat chakra and telling (laughs) you you can't. Like, what the fuck? So even, like, us mindful mamas, like, there's still stuff. I'm sure that we have superimposed on our kids that we're going to be like. And our kids someday are going to have to heal from 
us like doing whatever and that's a hard thing to swallow for me it's like no I'm gonna be perfect like no 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 No. it's not gonna happen that way like give it up (laughs) well that's part of that soul contract too it's like our children have a contract with us too because they have their healing in this incarnation that they need to heal from like they do oh my gosh yes right so the other day cedar she comes in and I'm like busy and I've been trying to spend like a time with her each day and then a you lot do. of time on my homework but she came into the bathroom where I was taking a bath and she looks at me with the saddest eyes you've ever seen and she's like mom I feel like I'm an orphan <laughs> I'm like an orphan I'm like do you know what an orphan is and I explained it to her and she's like yeah yeah I feel like that I'm like do you feel like your parents are dead she's like yeah because they never pay attention to me. <laughs> my kids also say the same thing to me. I'm like, oh my gosh. Uh-huh. Talk about the guilt trips. Um, I do homeschool with my kids and I am with them yes. from like 9 a.m. to 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Straight up like one-on-one with them all. And then I take them to soccer and I'm there with them. And just this morning, Jack was like, you don't love us, mom. You never spend time with us. And I was oh like, my are you fucking kidding me? No, like okay, okay. I'm just gonna blow that away because yeah, it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> I need to let but it go. honestly, I'm so grateful that she and our kids can speak their truth. But we and if they feel comfortable like, with exactly. us. And yeah. this is why it's like we should really be grateful for that instead of being like, oh, that's harsh. Um, yeah. I just would say, you know what? I'm so glad that you feel that you could say these hurtful things to me, dear darling. <laughs> Good. And again, like, not really. I don't that say that, is, but, but you know. that is. But maybe we should but because way, speaking yeah. our truth is us saying the hard things, and I say right. that stuff to my kids all and the so time. When she said that, instead of reacting like getting upset with her or being like, "Well, that's how you feel," then that's dead, not even true. Yeah, right here, Cedar. Yeah. So. I pull her in instead. I was like, you know, tell me, you know, why do you feel that? And how do you feel? And like, just listen and repeat back to her how she felt. And then I felt her like softening and like crumbling. And I gave her a hug. And she just wanted to be heard that she felt lonely. And we talked about how she's the youngest and all her siblings are older. And she always feels lonely. And that she has no one to play with that Mm. gets her. Right. And all these, you know, and it's like, okay, but thank you. Because I listened and I didn't just respond back. I let her speak her truth. And I told her, you know, how much I loved her and just validated her. Yeah. So, like, as parents, you can foster that, like, speaking. It's safe to speak your truth. And it's safe to say those hard things. Right. And we're not going to guilt or shame them how we were done as children and little girls. Totally. That's where it comes from. It's like, don't say that. Don't have that feeling yeah. and if you do you better not tell anybody you have that feeling right right because then you'd be a bad person yeah well I have this innate response to always want to fix things mm-hmm. and I'm realizing that people don't always want to be fixed because I'm like a self-help I don't know if I'd call myself a guru but I just self-help is like my thing like I'm like there's breath there's yoga there's yeah. all these things and my middle son Milo my nine-year-old he repels all things self-help yoga he's like that's for you mom not for me and it was so interesting the other night rex and i were just chatting about milo because he's just ah he's so hard he's so hard and i keep affirming that i'm like okay he's not hard he's easy but anyways he said do you know why you and milo butt heads all of the time and i said well why he said because he's like a mini you 
He is so like you. You guys are so stubborn. You have so many traits that are the same, and that's why you guys buck heads. And I just sat with that for a minute. And I, I think sometimes I have to remember that he's only nine because, as you know, he's huge. Like, he's wearing size 14 to 16. He has a spicy attitude of, like, a 16-year-old. Yeah. He talks back. He calls names. He cusses and does all these things. And I forget that he's just, like, a little boy. And even if he was a 16-year-old, he's still just a but child. But even then, yes. Right. Well, you know what I mean, though. Yeah. It's like, okay. And I had to just sit with that. Like, okay, I'm sitting with that. And then those are moments, too, where I almost have to go within myself and... Another thing Sarah has on her list is with self-compassion of like, give myself compassion and just acknowledge that we butt heads and maybe ask myself like, what is it that I need to heal? And I think there's moments where I will see my little inner child inside of him, or sometimes Mm -hmm. I see myself on the outside as like the parental figure like that I am the almighty knowing and that you will listen to me. How dare you question? Because that's how I was raised and it will weirdly just pop in and I'm like, gross, this is not the kind of mom I want to be. That's nasty. Like, no, thank you. I know, but it pops out sometimes. And I'm like, and I can stop and notice it and then be like, okay, Shelly, no, choose again. And Milo and I will get into these like, But the difference between like how I was raised and what I'm doing now is that I go in always how you do. Like I always just like talk to him Mm. and he feels like I'm not listening to him and I'm shutting him down. And I'm like, oh God, I'm doing that. And I have to just sit with it with with like compassion and right. Self-compassion is something that we give so much to other people. And so for anyone who is new to the idea or the thought of self-compassion, it's Treating yourself how you would treat someone that you love, like your best friend. Not even your kids or your spouse, because sometimes we're not compassionate to them. <laughs> like, for you, it. Sarah, like, like how, how, if you Giving that suffering. same compassion to myself that I would give to you. Exactly, like a mirror, like, yeah. oh my gosh. Like, because I know I would, like, ah! I would do whatever, like, oh, right? Shelly, it's okay yeah. that you forgot that, or that, yes. yeah, like, Don't you're be trying so hard your on hardest. Yourself. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's Developing that. that encouraging voice, and I think there's that, like, um, I think that's the next on list. It goes with that it's turning off the inner critic. Um, it goes in hand in hand with developing that self-compassion. Because I feel like if you can switch that voice to this more like a coach or loving parent kind of, or, or your own self that's in that role saying, it's okay, you got this. Like we all make mistakes, but you yeah. are really trying and I know you're going to make it eventually or just whatever it is you need to hear right then. Like, Instead of, and I don't know about you, but I had a wicked, awful inner critic voice. Yeah, of course. That yes. just, me, 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 my whole freaking life until recently, and I did all this work, but it was like, you, like, basically telling me I suck, that I'm never going to be anything but a loser, that mm-hmm. nobody likes me. Me too. And like, you know, it's <laughs> just always yes. there, like, you suck. Look, it's another example of sucking. And you, know, you should be so embarrassed of yourself. <laughs> yeah. But I still have that. I find myself even as me and I do so much fucking work. Like I work yes. on myself all the time. Like I just, it's my, I love it. And I find myself when I'm writing my book, editing my book, even making yoga classes or I'll like tune into another yoga platform that has like 10 million followers and it will come in yes. the inner oh. voice. Like you suck so bad. <laughs> you don't have You've been doing many. this for four years and you only have 300 blah blah. And I'm like, no, 300 and I have 304 people that like count on me and rely on me. And just because I don't need to be 
I don't want to be this like pop star huge. I, I don't want that. I yeah. I am an introvert. I would hate that. I would hate totally. if people like know knew me and were like stopping me. I'm like retreat, retreat. retreat. <laughs> but isn't it funny that right? even though you don't want that, there's still that like oh, but I'm not good enough. I need to be like that yeah, to be successful. To be the best. And that, yeah. And that, oh, this actually kind of stuck out to me too. It's like they were saying. Like in sports and and all this stuff, there's this competition. But in when you're an artist, like I don't think you're really trying to be the. Maybe some people are, and writing too. And you're not like trying to be the best. Like I want to be the number one writer, or the number one memoirist, or whatever. Like yeah. no, like I'm just writing my story, and I'm doing it like to add to this like creative, um, commons that's out there in the world and. Right. You or know, even like, just maybe because you freaking have to. It's like this soul gut calling. Like that's yes, how I thought. And like, it just has to be out there. I must like, write. This book wanted to write. It basically wrote itself through me. Like, right. Like, uh, you will write me. <laughs> right. But that to say like we we have to give ourselves so much compassion and love and, you know, just like realizing that that we aren't always going to be the best, but we're doing our best, and that's what really matters, right? Right. Don't. Yeah, and sometimes just doing our best is just showing up in whatever yes. state or form we are. And actually, yeah, like doing it, whatever it is. <laughs> because sometimes my best, like the other day, it was when there was that huge rainstorm. It was actually, was that yesterday or Wednesday? It, it was yeah. like downpouring, and I was down in the valley and heading up, and my kids had soccer, and I just had this, like, I'm exhausted. I felt freaking exhausted. Because I met Jess at 5.45 to go hiking. Yeah. And I was like, I'm so tired. I wish that soccer was canceled. And I didn't know it was canceled. And I showed up and no one was there. And I was like secretly like, yes. But I wish I would have known because I would have taken a fucking nap. Because I was so tired. Up. I was like, my best right now is taking a nap. And that, yeah. <laughs> to like rest. I'm like, I need to listen to my body because I'm this type of person that I don't know where it came from somewhere along the lines that I must be always doing. I must be yes. to oh, be successful. Go, 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 so do, 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 right? Yeah. And if like I will get, I have this like weird thing that I get mad at Rex. He takes naps on the weekends <laughs> and I will be like, that fucker. How dare you like, relax. He's over there relaxing and taking a nap and I'm fucking cleaning and cooking and but I put it on myself. Like yeah. I like wear that crap. I know I should nap. I actually, yeah. the other day it was like, I'm just taking a nap, and I did. And then Rex didn't take a nap. I'm like, what the heck? Like, I'm taking a nap. You're not. I don't get this. Whatever. Yeah. Some balance, maybe. <laughs> right. That's Fine awesome. Balance. I know. I've been taking naps, like, when I'm too tired. I, I'm not really. I've never been a napper, and all of a sudden, just... <sighs> It's okay to let yourself have a day, too, that where you're not supposed to do anything. You just do yes. what comes up for you, and it's, and it's so okay. so true. I just finally, after, like, that five weeks of editing my book, and I was just working all of the time on my book or house or blah, 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 and I took a whole weekend to just be instead of do, and it was, like, we, we went for, like, a family hike, but normally I would have been stressing out about, oh, gosh, my book edits, or I'm... and I just went for like a chill hike with the family and like we stopped at one point for like 35 minutes and took our shoes off and got in the water and I just was being truly a human being and not 
doing it was so fucking nice. Wasn't that the saying, like, we're human beings, not human doings? Yes, <laughs> but we're so trained the opposite. But we're so trained to do, 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 and then feel guilt yes. for not doing anything. And I, and I think that's really ingrained in our culture, especially in our culture. And I, in America, yes. In America, and I think probably in other places around the world, too. There's a lot of just value placed on, like, productivity and, you know, Finishing what you start. And I want to finish what I start. And I want to be productive. But there are days when I'm like at my max. Just getting food in my body and my kids' bodies. And maybe that's about it. Yeah. (laughs) It's about the max that I can do. And that's okay. And that's okay. Like sometimes the dishes just really have to wait. And, mm-hmm. Or we're just going to get pizza tonight, guys, and call it a night. Right. That's it. And, you know, it's okay. Don't even feel like that with writing sometimes. Like, I've been blogging for us and then another place. And sometimes I'm just truly, I'm like, I have no inspiration right now. Like, mm, yeah. I don't even feel like writing. But I, I write. but then there's nights or days where it's like, <gasps> and it will come. And then I... I'm like, oh gosh, so this is a really good signal for me to not be a procrastinator. (laughs) Don't wait for the last minute. Like, allow yourself when you're feeling like those rushes of inspiration to like do it. Write it all down. Yeah, write it all down. Which I was telling you earlier that I did, I like wrote down this blog three days ago or four days ago. Oh my gosh. I was like, I wrote the whole blog. I'm like, oh, it was like I was on fire and I just wrote it all down. I could not find my notebook with freaking blogging anywhere. And I was so annoying. not inspired at all last night. So I actually got on and I listened to our podcast from last week. <laughs> I listened to us to get inspired because that was what I wanted to talk about. So when you're not feeling inspired, it's like maybe reach for other people, like read, mm-hmm. listen to podcasts, listen to books. Yeah. Help I just climb out of it. A post on our on our Facebook page. I don't know if you saw that, a Stephen King quote. Oh, okay. And he said exactly what you just said. When you're not when you're feeling inspired, write. And when you're not feeling inspired, like go read a book or do something to bring that inspiration into you. Listen to a podcast or right. Or just be a freaking human being and don't do anything. Yeah. Maybe or write or draw. Be. Like draw, yes. you know, random stuff that doesn't have to be seen by anyone so you don't care. And you know what's so it is. funny is like I know that like I have like an artist's heart too and like I love creativity, but I have not painted in like months. We should have a painting party, you and me. Yeah. I need to, like, get back into it. Yeah. It's so long. I know. It has me, for I me, too. Like, I mean, I went to college and studied painting. That's awesome. <laughs> See, like, I did. I, I don't completely do it. self-taught. <laughs> I taught myself everything. And then I'd probably be like, oh, God, Sarah has the painting degree. Oh, no, oh, but God. I don't care. Like, that, no. <laughs> It's funny. Thing, I barely remember some things, and I re- really remember other things. Yeah, like the that's things interesting. I, really stuck to I know, and I just like taught myself, and even like I love like not like so much portraits, kind of like they're not abstract portraits, but I love faces and like mm-hmm. just finding that symmetry. And I love like I love that. I that's what I drew and painted for like three years. I have all the paintings are very similar. It's like the cover of my book, mm-hmm. Awaken. You heard yeah. that woman, that like goddess. It's interesting how that just, well, and I think that brings me to another thing on our list, which is creativity and hobbies. And like, I feel like whatever, some of the trauma or something wanted to come out of you through your paintings. Yeah. And I, yes. I was like, just like, do it now and get it out of you. And yes. you followed that inspiration, which is so cool. And you just did. Yeah. And so if you're out, like if listeners are trying to think of ways to heal, like. Healing through creativity. Almost, 
just finding something to be creative, what sparks your joy, what makes you happy. Like some people might be woodworking and some people might be sculpture and some people might be knitting, knitting sewing. Or, yeah, or being creative in other ways. There's so many ways to be creative. And I actually saw cooking this. Or, I don't yeah, know. I saw this amazing artist and she takes like rocks or seashells and then she ha- puts it down on a carpet and she creates like mm-hmm. images, so like the sun, earth shiny. art. Is it earth? Yeah. Oh my gosh, I had never Super seen that. Cool. It's so beautiful, and you can just like, you can make food art. My kids will do that. Like yes, food art, or like you don't have to be an artist, right? We've talked about this before, right. or a musician just to create things. To create, yeah, it can be anything, and it could just be getting a coloring book and coloring. Yep, because yeah. that's such like a, it's like mindless but mindful. <laughs> Right? And I don't time. know what it is about that being creative. Like, yeah, it's like meditation, but something I feel like that gives a chance for those feelings to come up to and be out birthed. of you yes. and not be repressed anymore. And right. That's why we should feel all the feelings and right. go into it rather than run away from. You know, totally. something's coming up and like knocking at your door, like, hello, I want to be acknowledged. Totally. Like, find a way, speak it, write it, paint it. Sing it. Scribble it. Make a sculpture out of it. I feel like lately I have been like singing as a way of healing and I like love singing. And I was telling Judy, I was like, I need to tell this to Sarah. I've secretly had like this like weird thing that, I don't know if it's a weird thing, that maybe I want to sing with you. (laughs) I don't know. Like I've always wanted, like I love singing, but then I have that inner voice. like, Oh, your voice isn't good enough or these things. But I, singing, like I love fucking singing. But not like in choir. Yeah. Like how many people out there would, like to sing but think they yes. can't or there's like that inhibition I thought of maybe doing like a vocal class for people who think they can't sing yeah and then just really tapping into because it's really your speaking voice yeah, is your singing voice. You bring you, it out. yeah if you can talk like you can sing because it's always when I try to if I force my voice too high or too low then it's like ow that hurts yeah that doesn't feel good but you can open up and just like let it flow Right. Or like that, I don't know how to read music or follow melody. It's like, well, maybe the melody is just like in your heart or it's like a part of you. Mm-hmm. Right. Just like the writing or when you're painting, it's like stuff like that just can organically flow and you don't even have to try. Like you can try to an extent. Right. I don't know. Like I'm sure you've drawn something and like a million times and a million erase marks. It's like, oh God, this sucks. This sucks. This is terrible. And I notice it in my kids too. Mm-hmm. Like everything they do, it's like, oh God, it's not good enough. Well, for me, even all art starts crappy, and I just have to keep adding and keep doing, keep erasing. Like I never will draw with an ink pen or a marker. And if you ever see my drawings, there's so many erase marks on them. Like if I'm drawing like a hand or an arm, I'm like that looks not real, or like it needs to be down two inches, or her nose is three times the size of her lips. That doesn't <laughs> look right. right. So wait, you don't draw perfect the first I don't time? Draw perfect, right? What? And I'm t- my my kids are learning this right yeah. now. Like we're doing this whole kind of block on like animal research of animals in our area and Milo has an eagle Junie has a squirrel and Jack has a black-tailed jackrabbit oh I like it and I like love like Waldorf like beeswax crayons you know like the block crayons so they're long on one side short on one side there's like papa bear mama bear mm-hmm. all the things so in Waldorf education they use form drawing to help you make a drawing so you're not like trying to sketch something so you make like an oval for the body of the Mm -hmm. rabbit a circle for the head and maybe like 
long ovals, long skinny ovals at the top, like trying to teach my kids that, but they're not. They want to grab a pencil and try to draw and then they'll crunch up their paper. I'm like, oh my gosh, it's yeah. not supposed to be perfect the first time. Like, let's try these beeswax block crayons to like fine movement and fluidity, right? Yeah, there's yeah. lots of things you can do. And I and I really feel like that there's probably a lot of art that exists out there in the world that's coming from people healing. Yeah, They're putting it out there as part of that. Like, maybe that's why we resonate with art. Cause yes, because it's healing. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen that. Like, I remember when, when she was one of my soul sisters. Her name is Hannah, and she was super young, like 34, and she died of BRCA1 breast cancer. And mm-hmm. it was, it was like, we knew that it was coming, but... My sister and I got together the day after she had passed away. And my sister is an artist, too. She's actually one of the people who inspired me to paint. And we just turned on music, and we had pictures of Hannah. And we cried, and we had wine, and we told stories, and we painted. And it was so freaking healing. And her funeral or her service, like, she didn't do a traditional service or anything, but was that weekend. And we brought our art to her service. And it was so awesome. Nice. And we gave it That's to her so mom cool. and her husband. And it was just... What a just, great way to process yeah, the grief, too. Like, sometimes I think we get stuck through the grief the grief process. Yeah. Like there's things, not just a person dying, too. There's things you can grieve, like loss of a goal or a dream or a career or, you know, a relationship or whatever. Or even self-limiting beliefs or and things. Things that you've always wanted that you realize aren't going to happen. Yeah. And, um... Sometimes we get stuck in that grief process instead of going all the way through to the end. Like we stop at anger and we're like, well, I'm not allowed to be angry. And so we shove it down and we never quite deal with that. And then anytime someone brings that person up, like for some reason we're mad and we don't know why. Right? Right. Well, it's because we literally just stopped ourselves from processing through and moving on to the other side. And that is just an example of like all the ways we can do that and Right. Get stuck through the healing process and just stop and be like, I'm I can't face that. Right. And it's okay to be angry. Like yeah. anger is a healthy emotion. It's more about like it being expressed in the wrong way, but anger is telling you like, no, that shouldn't have happened. Like that wasn't right. Something wasn't right. Like injustice or mm-hmm. you know, that's where anger usually comes from. Right. Well, and part of grieving too, like I had a friend that her mom passed away and I knew her when her mom was alive and her mom caused her a lot of like pain and they would argue and they didn't see eye to eye. But once her mom had passed, she now is just like, oh, we have such a wonderful relationship. And she almost like blocked Mm. all of the yucky stuff. I think Mm -hmm. that's her way of grieving and working through it. And so even if you've lost somebody or like my grandma, like there was a lot of pain and weirdness and yucky stuff. We can still acknowledge, right, our past and the yucky stuff with them. And it doesn't mean yeah. we didn't love them or we're like, oh my gosh, hating on them. Like we have to acknowledge that to even heal, like heal the grief of their death and heal the grief of their life and like the pain that they cause or the lessons that they have taught us, if that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Like right? making peace with it doesn't mean glossing over. Yeah. Like, oh, it was fine. Like they were great. It's like not always. No. Like someone could have hurt us or caused us great grief, like emotionally, mentally, physically, or even sexually. And that yeah. person could have died. And we might feel relieved a little yes. bit. Maybe. And, and that's, that's okay. okay. Yeah. That, if that's how you process, like let that weight lift off of your shoulders and, you know, healing is 
a very unique path for everyone. It's not a one size fits all. Totally. Right. And there's things we can do, right, for healing, like all of these things that we're talking about, but there's also, you know, healing that we can do, like energy healing, like mm-hmm. Reiki yeah. or I was actually gonna yes. say there's like okay, so beyond just maybe going to a counselor or a yes. therapist who I think is mental and emotional is, health. Yes, a like very solid thing to do. Yes. Like, it very really is and it's okay to switch to one that's working for you. If, even if you have to go through a lot of them, it's okay. Right. Like and there's someone. no shame in if you see a therapist. No. In fact, it's super helpful. In certain times in your life, it's like, I saw this picture once of someone's like gnarled up bundle of like five different yarns all bundled together. And it was like before therapy. And yeah. then it was like after therapy, all the little balls of yarn were wound on the right spools. Like just uh, yeah. kind of putting everything in its place and helping you see perspectives. So yes. wanted to throw that out there. Like a shout out to all the professionals out there that can help with healing. Yes. They're There's so great. So many, not yes. just mental health, but energy health. Like you were saying, Reiki. Quantum healing. Yeah. Even acupuncture, craniosacral, like all that stuff where it's like energy work and body work mixed together. Yes. I think that is a way of sort of combining those two worlds together, like your body and your mind and your spirit. Right. Um, Because everything I really believe is so much deeper in like kind of coming back to our childhood wounds or even mm -hmm. our past life wounds. We don't even know the string of connections of all the things that we're working with. And sometimes we can't heal on our own like we need the help and I'm a huge crystal believer like I really believe in the healing power of crystals and and energy from the earth right think of kids like I think of any kid they're like rock hoarders and collectors because they can innately feel like that healing energy and that healing power right they are drawn to rocks they're so drawn yes because they have such this healing vibration and even just for me, noticing the healing vibration of being in nature versus the city, like mm, I'm a super yes. like empath and I just pick up on energy. Like I'm just tuned in. Even before I was a, a Reiki practitioner, like I just always, even as a little girl, like I could just, oh gosh, like I could feel if people were mm-hmm. sad. I could feel if animals me were Me too. Sad. I was always really sensitive. The most sensitive one in the whole family, in right. the room, usually like, right. like if someone was sad, I was like, oh no, oh no. I need to make them feel better. Right. And if something died, I had to like, or was almost going to die like a plant or an animal. I had to try to bring it back to life or save it. Mm. You know, always yeah, just so sensitive. Yes. Totally. I think that that's part of part. Sometimes people that are more sensitive can get more easily damaged and triggered. traumatized and triggered. Definitely. You know, like, because we're, we're more so, open. Yes. We're like, ah, I'm Things here. are all coming in through all the channels. Totally. And, well, yeah. and we can use things like like malas. Like it's mm-hmm. if you've never heard of a mala, they're just they're like stones or crystals that you can wear strung around your neck. And yogis often wear them to mantra with. And a traditional string of malas has 108 beads. Because you do, I think there's a traditional like. Prayer. Oh no, 107. Yes, it's 107 because it's 106, and then the guru bead. Yeah, well, it's it's mantra. So the whole thing is is that you mantra, so you say the same. Phrase, and you could even say like, "I am healing" or "I am open to healing" a hundred and eight times because it it actually mantra was created to help us heal our mind, right? Mm, because yes. I I believe that in this culture and today with COVID and all of the things that are going on, we're so focused on like our physical health and health and getting all well and being sick and wearing masks. But what about our mental health? Yes. Our brains are so diseased and filled with so much shit and garbage. 
that mantra can help you heal your mind. So if you can, or affirmations, which I write a lot about in my book, just creating new thoughts, like, or gratitude, like there's new ways of thinking that we can use to help heal our diseased minds because we can heal these minds. Yes, we don't have to hold exactly. on to all the gooey, disgusting shit. Like, I'm, I'm like, imagine like a big ice cream scooper, scoop the shit out, and then we can put like, ooh, fresh, yummy ice cream. Fresh, yummy ice cream. Fluffy, delicious ice cream. Nutella. Nutella. More fluffy, puffy sandwiches. But right? Like, but they're so, it's, it is interesting, right? Thinking about like how concerned everyone is like about healing the physical self, but what about like the mental, emotional oh, And it's all tied together. I think yes. that we, in like this day and age, we're so caught up in, I don't know even how to explain it, but like in the mental, in the mental state. Yes. And it seems like nobody really pays attention to how much it's all like mental, emotional, and physical is all connected. And spiritual. And it spiritual. is all connected. And like it comes out oftentimes through our bodies or our emotions when we're not really addressing things like sickness Right. And neck pain, we're talking about back your, pain, knee pain. Listen to this study I just read. So they, this was on a totally different unrelated podcast. It was like had to do with health and, you know, virology and all this stuff. But cool. so they were talking about how they did this experiment where they gave healthy college students like a shot of a cold virus up their nose, like intending to get them sick with a cold. And they wanted to see like if you were exposed to like a definite virus in your mucous membrane just straight like, up what are the chances was it 100 percent? was it 50 percent? like what are the chances you are definitely going to get sick because you know this yes. seems like it really, really applies because we're also worried about how to keep ourselves healthy yeah. from the viruses and yes. things floating around out there and um what was interesting was only like tw- she said 20 to 40 percent which i was like why didn't you just say 30 percent but yeah you know what yeah. I mean? like yeah maybe a very depending on circumstance but 20 to 40 percent um, of them actually got sick. Yeah, and so, right? Yes. And so then, like, it was like, well, what about these ones that did get sick versus the ones that didn't? Can we examine, like, why maybe what was going on with them? And it just seemed to be that generally people then that kept themselves healthier physically, but not only physically, this was the most interesting part, people that had a past history of trauma, abuse, they were the ones that were more likely to get sick yeah. because that winds like that mental toll, that emotional toll that it yes. takes on you, it pulls your body down mm. and you can't fight off. You can't have the same immune system as if you are really healthy and strong emotionally and spiritually and mentally. Yes, it gives me goosebumps. Yes, oh, right? I so love it's like, that. Oh, that's so cool because it feels Super like cool. scientific evidence yes. that this fucking healing your entire being Not just is the one. way to heal, is the way to stay physically healthy. Yes. Right? right? And the way to even maybe prevent yourself from getting sick is to address all the layers of healing and all the yes. layers of health. And go deep into and like deep. the emotional seeds. Yeah. And face the truth. Right. Speak the truth. Yes. You know, heal, like be creative. Right. Do all the things. Right. And I feel like feelings. too, it's like part of being healthy is also movement. Which is yes. like a key Exercise. factor. Yeah. And and just even have to be like walking or taking a yoga class. Like I think if people relied on movement as much as they do drugs and medicine, mm, like my yes. dad is a, a twice survivor of um, 
Hodgkin's disease. Like he has always said this, like he's not a medicine taker. He had open heart surgery. He didn't even take ibuprofen. Like he does not want drugs. Oh, he's a badass. Like he's a football player, rugby, all the things. That's why he's had so many surgeries. But anyways, he, this has always stuck with me that you let exercise, you let movement is your daily dose of medicine. So Mm -hmm. whether you're walking or taking a yoga class or going for a hike, or if you're someone who wants to Lift weights, move your body, and even just get on an elliptical machine or a stationary bike bike or something. Or stretch and breathe your breath into your body and move into a healthier you because, right, movement is a huge part of like our cardiovascular health and like our nervous system and everything. And when you're bringing like oxygen and movement, right? And it really can improve your mood a lot. Like if you're feeling really stuck or negative, like the best thing I found to do is to go on a walk. And go out and the movement and the new perspective yes. changes everything. Well, there are scientific studies and like they show that, they, yeah. it shifts in all of these different like serotonin, like the happiness hormone and mm. um, oxytocin. You get all, you get this huge hit and this wave of um, release of hormones in your body that completely shifts how you're feeling. And that's why you do feel that shift. What if it's even walking, like walking is powerful. We were meant to walk like our yes. ancestors like walked and traveled and we're like pioneers or Native American walk. people. Yeah, we have yeah. these cars that we sit in yes. and then we get to our jobs where we sit a lot or yes. we come home and do work and we're sitting. I don't. Right. I mean, there's not a lot of movement built into like our everyday unless we make it. So I, I take you, the dog I have to make a, a conscious effort <laughs> and if I like have a morning where I'm just like, I'm not feeling like it, like I'm not really a big step, step tracker, but sometimes I'll look on my phone like, oh my gosh, I have like no steps today. And if I go for a hike, it's like 20,000 steps today. I'm like, yeah, oh my gosh, that's to, crazy. It's, I think we should celebrate our successes the same way we would celebrate a friend's or our kid's successes. Like yes, we should be like, good job. Yes, like super glad for ourselves and be like, right. I'm taking you out for ice cream. <laughs> and, even if, and even if just like making movement, like. Se- I was think of seven days a week. So if you can just dedicate three out of your seven days to be like, I'm going to take a 20 minute walk today, or I'm going to take a 20 or 30 minute yoga class. Or my sister has, I don't, it's like beach body workout thing. And I was at her house and we did a dance workout video for 30 minutes. It was so hard and I am not coordinated and I was stumbling and bumbling, but it was so fun. And my heart rate was elevated and I was smiling and getting annoyed at myself, but the, the premise yes. is, is that just like making movement a part of your life and a part of who you are is like an important factor and a benefactor of being and healthy. I would say don't think in your mind, don't tie it to weight loss no. or some kind of like goal shaming. or shaming body or guilty. Shame. Yeah, like no. body shame. Like don't be like, don't put no. those together and think I have to exercise so I can lose look this way. Or look this way. My like, pants are It should pants. have nothing to do with your physical appearance. It's for your health. It should be just Ultimate to increase, health. yeah, like your overall health and happiness. And healing. And healing. Because right. those are all linked together. Healing and health and happiness all like. Right. Well, and yoga. I, I love yoga too because it's not only good, it's good for the mind and the emotional body, but there's so many healing properties and stretches and holding yes. certain poses that can help heal our mind. They can help heal headaches. They can help heal depression. Mm-hmm. Like movement is incredible. And like yoga is such a gift that we can access like in our living room, in our bedroom, in yes. our bed. You could be like, up, oh, legs up the wall, legs up your headboard. Like I'm feeling crappy. So I'm going to just put my legs up the wall and lay here in a restorative pose. And you don't have to be all like, 
I'm getting push up, yoga jumping jacks. Yeah. yeah, you can just be like, I'm gonna put my legs up the wall because I'm feeling kind of sad or crappy. And right. That yeah. could be your movement. And where and how you place your body can really have a big effect on how you're feeling. And yes. so even just like you said, getting in an upside down or just slightly different pose and saying like you know or, or child's, child's pose oh, yes. yeah, yeah we, we are on say, the same wavelength child's pose is so restorative and healing and it's like sometimes when you just so vulnerable feel like you want to hug and there's no one around to hug you or whatever just like go into that child's pose it's so relaxing well, and that's when i would grab a pillow or two bed pillows and then legitimately snuggle them and then soften down and so that's mm, yes. like an ultimate restorative child pose so yes. good i love it well, I think it's important to mention on this conversation about reparenting. That's like this concept of parenting yourself and giving to yourself things you didn't get as a child. Yeah. And I know it's a way, it's a deep topic, but I just kind of wanted to touch on some of the ideas, which is like, first of all, approaching yourself like you would to a child. Like you wouldn't be harsh and critical. I mean, Hopefully you wouldn't be. <laughs> yeah, some people would. Um, maybe. Yeah. But, um, you know, being like, it's giving yourself that A compassion. A small child. Giving yourself, <laughs> but also expecting things of yourself. Like, um, I saw this article that was saying, you know, make a promise to yourself and keep it every day as part of this practice of reparenting yourself. Mm, and that's good. Like, expect yourself to do hard things, but also, if you can't, have realistic goals and don't say expectations yeah don't yeah. be like you're gonna do this and this and this and like no that's not realistic right. you wouldn't put that on a child either like I as a parent have to always make sure I'm giving them an, like a good amount of responsibilities yes. but not too many you know like last night my son didn't unload the dishwasher as I told him like five freaking times to do yeah and he went <laughs> to bed and I was like you know I'm kind of mad but I know he's going through a lot and so instead I woke him up this morning and I said hey you didn't Unload the dishwasher, and, right and I can't load it until you do. It's really good. I See, really and at least want you, you didn't get do up. it. Yes. Yeah, I didn't. Go do so it. I was good. like, I'm not doing this because I wanted Sarah. to, and I was like, ah. But then I said, you need to get up and get ready and leave enough time to unload that dishwasher before you go to school. Good. And I think about that. Holding like, him accountable. Yes. Hold, hold yourself accountable to realistic expectations. Like, right. I can expect myself. Yes. Pretty much most days to get up and do a yoga or mindfulness practice. Or, or make something. my bed. <laughs> yeah. Or just like set yourself a little goal like that. And then yes. if there's days when you really feel overwhelmed and you've got to let that go, like just like I did with my son, I was like, you know what? I'm going to let that go. But I'm going to hold him accountable I'm also going to tell him like tomorrow he needs to do that. Right. Because I want him to learn that he can't just shirk responsibility. Well, yeah. And that is not going to teach like us. Or our kids, like if we're just like, oh, it's fine, it's fine. Because, like, think of, like, I'm thinking of some, like, grown-up men that I know or women that their mom did everything for them. Their parents handed them everything. They they did their laundry. The past and and everything. Yeah, and then their attitude is not that great. Like, it's not something that I want to raise and bring into this world. So even for our own inner child, it's like, yeah, I like holding yourself accountable, but... Also having that compassionate and kind heart to yourself. Like, right. okay, it's okay. You messed you. up. Like We're you're, yeah. And Sometimes. I, yeah. And I always say this to my kids too. Like, do you know how I make mistakes? Because they see me in this light. Like, you never do. You know oh, everything. Perfect. Like, no, absolutely not. Like, I, I don't know how you see me in that light, but I'm not. <laughs> Thank you. Perfect. No. <laughs> I just yelled at you and freaked out and you said you hated me. And then I was like, well, that's fine. Yeah. And then I said, I kind of want to run away for three days. And I did say that. Like, I would go off into the woods. And it would be so fun. But I would come back. 
Sometimes I do. I would check out for three days, Heck but yes. I would come back. But you're a human and you're allowed to want to check, check out. out. I yeah. do want to check out. It's fine. <laughs> oh, yes. So that is good. Yeah, I like that. Like holding yourself and your people around you accountable, but with like that, like still compassionate. But with the, side. yeah, a lot of compassion. And that, you know, if we didn't get certain things as a child, like that's a individual thing too, is like knowing what you didn't get. Yeah. And really going into that and saying, like, how can I give that to myself now in a healthy way? Like nurturing you know, that. Nurturing that. Like, maybe, you know, you didn't feel heard enough. Like, how can you really, I mean, writing, I yeah. feel like, is a really big way Huge to be heard and it. reading your own writing. Or feeling like healing that abandonment wound. Like, yes. I, I have grown so much, but, like, I didn't see my dad for seven years when I was a kid, and I felt abandoned, and then... My birth mom moved right when I started having kids. And it was like, ah, everyone's leaving me. But now oh, my yeah. dad is really strong in my life. And yeah. and my, my mom, my stepmom is in my life, like a huge part of my life. And it's just like, for me, it's like I'm healing that feeling of being abandoned. And sometimes it'll even come up with my husband. He's like a huge adventurer and he likes to go and do his things. And I like to go visit my sisters or whatever. Yeah. And there used to be times, not as much anymore, like it'll pop up where I would like get mad at him, be real bitchy and snatchety. And I realized what was happening, but I could notice is that my, I was feeling abandoned, that he was leaving me because he didn't love me. He didn't love the kids. And then I, mm, once yes. I could notice that it was like, no, Shelly, he's not abandoning you. He's going to do what he loves because that's what fills up his cup. Like that's his, that's his joy that brings him joy to go on a three day backpacking trip or whatever he's doing. Like he's not leaving you like that's your inner child wound. And I would just have to sit with that and be like, okay, like I can, I'm being with this and I, I see you, you abandonment wound, but it's not as strong. Like it will still come up, but I can again, notice it, notice it, but I could, it will still pop up and I'm like, geez. Like, what the heck? Why am I feeling like this? Right. And then it's like, oh, it's like that string attached. And almost like, I can imagine like taking a samurai sword and chopping that attachment. <laughs> like, that's not a part of you anymore, Shelly. Like, you're no one's leaving you. You're safe. Right? It's safe to be and here. You're you open belong. to letting things and people flow into and out of your life yes. as needed. And there's right. like that wound of holding on and being afraid because... That's all there was. Just like with the food scarcity, there's like a love scarcity. You're like holding on because there's not enough love in the world and you're not going to have enough. Or you're not worthy of it. Yeah, you're not worthy. You're never going to get it because you're not worthy and how damning that is. And yeah, like I still get that negative critic voice come up for me too sometimes. And it's like, oh yeah, look at you. Like failing again or whatever. Yeah, no one wants you to be here or whatever it is. You know, it's like. Okay, I see you. Hi, boys. Hi. Hi. And goodbye. <laughs> and goodbye. Fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> Get out of here. And like, yes. you know, thanks for popping up and reminding me that, you know, you're still out there doing right. your thing, but yes. I don't have to like, I don't have to listen to that every time it says something. I can just be like, ha that's your opinion. Totally. <laughs> or even like, I think it's so important with that inner voice is when you can notice it to have a talk. Like, you can have, like, a gentle, kind talk, like, oh, I see you. Or you could be, yeah. like, I say this in my book, like, an abrasive, fuck off. Like, no, I do not choose to agree with you. Yes. Get away from me. Or there was this really great visualization that I used a lot for that when it when I was really having, a, like, it was always there, like, meh, yeah, meh, 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 meh. And I had this visualization of there being this giant volume knob. And as soon as it started to go off, I would just reach up and turn that volume knob down Great. until the voice got quiet 
And it. even though I wasn't necessarily addressing it, I was just like, I'm turning you down. I was getting control mm-hmm. over that voice and telling it like just to shut up, basically. Yeah, I'm going to mute you because I yeah. see you, but it's I like, don't have to me, be you. You're there, but I'm not listening. I love that. That's great. <laughs> Um, and then I think the last one I put is learning to trust ourselves. And that is so big. If you've ever, if, I think, well, there's a kind of trauma that comes like all at once. Like, let's say you've had a one traumatic experience, a bomb went off in the war and yeah. your buddies got hurt or you, someone abused you and there was this one experience, but it was a stranger in one, one time or something. Yeah. And then there's this, another kind of trauma that's, it's like longer term and more chronic. Um, I know you can have PTSD and also you can have like complex PTSD, which is the more chronic kind of. So if you've had this situation, like I know for me, I've been in toxic and abusive relationships basically since childhood because my parents and family were that way too. Yeah. And like there's this chronic kind of, you know. Reoccurring cycle. Reoccurring stress and triggers and trauma that can come up for people and that can be part of your healing is like how like how do you deal with that um first of all one of the things that happens right off the bat is you don't trust yourself anymore and you think well how you know I got into those situations I must not be very good at making decisions or I must not be very good at choosing partners or you know they didn't trust me or they didn't love me I must not be good enough like all those self-doubt right yeah and that reparenting yourself and growing up and all that thing like growing up your inner child there you have to learn how to trust yourself and I know that that seems like a really big chunk and it's like how do you do that like that was that suggestion of make one promise to yourself that you keep every day I promise myself I'm going to go on a walk and then keep that promise to yourself yeah as a way to heal that child that's in you that was hurt Mm-hmm. right and so that's just like one idea I'm sure there's a lot more yeah least. and even like maybe turning on or being open to the idea of listening to your intuition or your gut instinct yeah because that it's that inner voice that inner tormentor is the one that's leading all of those negative conversations right and like you're not worthy of this this is happening blah, 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 blah. and it's like yeah mm. but we also have an inner wisdom voice yeah that can drown that out right and if you if we can be open to trusting and listening to your intuition, our intuition is the first thought that comes on board. It's not like the second or third or 20,000th, mm-hmm. right? Because the average person has 60 to 70,000 thoughts in a day. Oh, so it's if we can, <laughs> yeah. And if we can get quiet enough or just like tune into ourselves with like even just like the intention to be open to trust. Like I am open. Yes. And a lot of that and affirmation is, too. Yeah. yeah. Well, and a lot of that is so that's your root chakra. That's like that down low. So we can even do yoga or stretches that can help aid us towards healing that chakra or that ability to feel safe yeah. and trust. So you could do like, you know, squats or like half of pigeons or there's so many different things that we can do towards like helping heal that ability to trust. It's usually it's like down low. It's like, like your root, your, base. your root chakra, yeah. which is also attached to like our sexual and creative center center, and often those will get locked up, mm-hmm. and that's where that like I'm not creative, I can't blah, 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 all of that comes. So like, there's, I'm not good at art. Yeah. yeah. So there's there's so many things on that topic too, but that is a good one to be open to. Like I'm open to trusting, and you can even mm-hmm. affirm that. Good you thing. can journal that. Like I'm, I'm open trusting to trusting myself. myself. Yes. I'm open to hearing my intuition or listening to it. 
right? I'm open to being guided by whatever it is you believe in, universe, spirit, whatever. Like, I'm open to being, like, guided into being able to trust. Yes. And maybe writing down two different thoughts you have on, like, where do you trust yourself or where do you not? And maybe journaling out, you know, maybe just your thoughts on that. Good. That's a great. from? Yes. Because I think that would be very helpful. What's like the deep-seated trigger trauma Mm -hmm. that's attached to that not being able to trust, like whatever it is, like it's there, it's deep. And sometimes we can't even reach for that. And maybe again, just coming to that intention or that openness, like I'm open to just like better understanding this thought or this deep-seated programming or belief. And allowing it to come because... I think if we force things, sometimes we can hurt ourselves maybe yes. again by that with those same traumas. Right. And that's not what you want to do. Right. But like going and saying, I'm open to healing from this. I'm open to trusting myself. I'm open to understanding where that pain came from. Yeah. And then letting it come to you instead of like going out and in grab clawing through yes. and everything, like ripping it open. <laughs> like, well, and just this is one thing that I, because I'm like this like, Kind of, I get, like, obsessive-compulsive about things and all on board, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I'm going to heal my whole self. I'm going to heal everything. Like, yeah, all at once. Yeah, just like a crazy <laughs> maniac, like the fucking opposite. But healing is not, like, an end point. Like, I don't believe that any of us are ever going to wake up and be like, I am miraculously healed. healed. Yeah. That's why I would call it We're a not. healing path or a We're healing journey, journey yes. instead of, like, yeah, because it's a continuum that you're on that you start. And you're just healing little pieces. But you decide yes. to get on it. And I think that's the most important part. It's not like where you end like up ride the healing or how train. far you go. Yeah, but yes. you have to get on that fucking train. Yes. yes, get on the train. And even if the train's like stopped, that's okay. But you're on the but train you're and you're sitting yes. there. And exactly. it's just, it's there's so much to it. Like I could talk on this topic for like seven I know, deep seriously, years. Seriously, we could go on. <laughs> have a part two or something yeah but. let's do let's do we're gonna pause this because there is so much There's to talk about this yes. is like my like bread and butter i love this i figured because especially i feel like your book is a very much yes. all about like awaken you but awaken you by healing which i finally got my tagline nailed down and it's awaken Yay. you from pain to healing a woman's way of waking up to her life so it is. It's all about riding that yeah. train and all of the imperfections and all the fucked up things in my life. Not all of them, but just 21 little I've only bits. showed some I, of the fucked I up things. I only gave some, but there's a lot of things that I'm like, well, that's scary. I'm putting that on paper and you're going to read that. Yeah, and that's okay. And I don't, it's fine. I feel good. Like, and it's interesting because my, my mom is helping me do my like last Hawkeye thing. And, like, she was like, are you sure you want to say this and this? And I'm like, yeah, that I'm being uh, completely honest. And yeah. I even was like, this is me being honest. And she was like, I know you are. Like, I'm so proud of you for being honest. I'm like, I'm being really fucking That's honest. Yeah. <laughs> I know. It's like when it, like, twists and turns. My editor got back to me and she was like, well, I don't feel like you were holding anything back. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Yeah, she said that to me. She was like, thank you. I want, thank you for noticing my, like, brutal honesty even when it's ugly and grody and that's been our healing path for sure is writing and publishing these memoirs yes and even if you don't publish anything just writing is so healing and i would highly recommend it journaling Um, journaling or you know if you don't call it journaling that's fine right make lists of things bullet points things that i trust myself on and if you need to hide that that and then burn it. Yeah. yeah like, whatever. Oh, Who it's cares? so powerful to write something and but burn it, it in a safe way. Yeah. Like, in your fireplace. But, yeah. Yes. Don't go start a forest fire, please, mm-hmm. and thank you. Forest 
yeah, yes. hurt yourself. <laughs> <laughs> We're good there. So, so right. good. So well, many yeah. good nuggets from this Well, thanks this episode. for discussing all this really good stuff with me today, oh, Shelly. Thank you for just opening your heart and just saying yeah. the things, the hard things. That's why we're here. It's super healing. It is. I feel I'm already like, oof, I'm like a tree. I'm blowing up some of these leaves just from talking about it. Right. And if you have even a soul sister or don't, like, it's so nice to have someone to just like talk about things yeah. that most people won't talk about. Get past all the small talk and get to the get to stuff. the nitty gritty heart stuff. That's why yeah. I love you. I love you. Too. I know. So good. Thank you so much for being here. We truly appreciate all of you listeners. Please head over to your favorite platform and rate, review, comment, and share to help us be heard by even more people. Mm-hmm.